You know, I thought it was episode 98. No, yeah, it's 97. want to spend a few minutes here thanking you Bree for stepping up this week for me <laughs> you've been doing it for like the past couple weeks it was my turn That's, but it's <laughs> literally my job so, to edit the podcast that's your job yes you're right it is your job it's one of my jobs Same on you I have I have no jobs. So. <laughs> you have the hardest job of them all. <laughs> Homeschooling your kindergartner. That's a lot, dude. Oh, my God. It was so frustrating today. So, like, now she's, like, doing, like, actual tests and stuff. And you have to, like, read this whole, like, agreement thing saying that you're not going to help them out. And you have to do all this. And you're not going to have any other pages locked up, looked up. Yeah. And you're going to have everything covered in the room that doesn't show any oh, answers. Calm down. This is kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But like also, yeah, like, you know how I am. I'm a rule follower and I get scared. Oh like, gosh. I don't want to break the yeah. rules. So first off, she I think I already told you about the true or false thing. Did I tell you about that? Well, there was a question that said true or no. false. Um, this picture has six cookies in it and um, there were six. And she was like, false. And I'm like, wait, 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 how many picture, how many macro, or how many cookies are in that picture? She's like, there are six, and I was like, all right, let's go over what true or false means first. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and then uh, she had to answer earlier. Uh, she had to name things in like under a minute of what makes her, what makes a good student. What are some things that make you a good student? And I was just like. I don't know what she's going to, she's like, um, and I, I went over them with her first. I'm like, all right, so what are some things you think of? And she's like, well, making my bed. And I was like, well, that doesn't have to do with being a student. I was like, but I'm talking more in the classroom area. Exactly. And that's yeah. where it's confusing. <laughs> and she's like, uh, listening to mom and dad. I'm like, well, yeah, that works. Yeah. She's like sharing. And I was like, yeah, there we go. Perfect. Yeah. If you're in a classroom. Yep, and that you have to like record them saying all this and then send it through, which I don't even oh know gosh. if she's rated on them yet. But yeah, it's it's cool though. She does good on them. It's just I feel like I'm being watched and criticized the you whole might time be. now. Um, so uh, oh, this is our show. You? I'm good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is our show. What's with the neighbors? And that's Amy. That's Bree. Yeah. And um, now we've introduced ourselves. Selves. Yeah. Do we have any announcements? <laughs> um, send in your creepy kid stories. Um, hundred episodes coming up soon. We gotta yeah. talk about that. We gotta figure that out. You know, you guys, I hate it when Bree tells me that we need to talk about something because <laughs> like I'm so like anxious all the time. And so when she says that, I'm like, oh, okay. And then she'll be like, we need to talk about the podcast. And I'll be like, oh, you're breaking up with me. Like that's instantly what I you think. Like jump of. to conclusions. Yeah, exactly. Calm down. It's okay. Why, why are I'm you so calm. guilty? So that's what Rick says. And I don't like it because <laughs> it's not. It's like, not that you're guilty because like I get the same way too. <laughs> it's like when you walk out of a store and you suddenly did I put a whole flat inch TV in my butt before I walked out? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know? I feel like you would know that. Um, I don't but know, you know what not. I mean? Like, you're like, did yes. I just suddenly become yeah. a murderer? You know? Like, a cop pulls up behind you and you're not speeding, but you're like, did I? Did I? Like, do Can a I hit and run? now? so anyways so yeah. send in um, your creepy stories of your kids um those are due by like october-ish right yeah yeah send them yeah. in then they can be again they can be like 
you just taking a quick video of your kid. They don't have to be long. They don't have to be short. They can be whatever we want. Let us be the judge. And we'll just put the audio on um, on the episodes. On the episode. Um, and we don't have to show their face or anything. Again, it's it won't be mm-hmm. video. It'll be audio. So, um, And you don't have to use their name. You can use a nickname or you can just say, my kid. This my is an anonymous my... kid. Yeah, this is my yeah. child. My this child. is actually someone. This is a my child I found in. at... This is uh, a child that I <laughs> I found him at Starbucks. Uh, at Starbucks, I found a baby uh, at Starbucks. Who he is. <laughs> um. Also, uh, so you said like a year ago oh, that no. we should just make our. I think you've said like a year ago that we should just make our anniversary episodes on the hundred ones. I kind of feel like now that we're hitting year two, we should just do that because it's so confusing because then we have to have like one celebration that we're hitting a huge milestone and then now we're hitting another milestone like an episode later or two episodes later. We should do all the celebration in one place. I agree. So what does that mean? what you said like a year and a half ago, so don't remember. You're right. You were right. I think you did. I don't know. But so how would we do that? So in on the episode 100, we'll just celebrate episode 100, and also we'll go ahead because it's it's literally like a week or two away from that. No, it's the same, our anniversary. It's the next week. Is it okay? So yeah, yeah. It's silly okay. to just do it, not do it all in one go. Around. I like that idea. So episode 100 is going to be 100. our anniversary episode. Two year anniversary, people! I'm so happy. You know what? Actually. Actually, episode 100 might actually just end up being our anniversary episode because we missed a week one time. You're right. You are accurate. So that's why we just go by the hundreds because we're usually pretty close to that anyway. Yeah. Makes sense. Exactly. 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 <laughs> so yeah, um, celebrate our hundred episode with us. Anyway, um, back to you, Amy, with the neighbor stuff. I have a question for you. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold hold on. So I have to tell you something. I have to address two things that have been bugging me all week. Oh my okay? god, what is what did I do? It's not See? you, it's me. <laughs> so the first one. So it was like Sunday or Sunday morning, Sunday night. It was like super late at night. Um, And I was trying to go to sleep because I had started my new job the next morning and I could not sleep for the life of me. And I had like, I was just laying there and I had like the most profound thought. Like it literally was the most intelligent thought I have ever had in my life and it was like whoa like this will break people's brains when I say it and I was like I need to write this down right no I was like this is so smart (laughs) and so brilliant I don't need to write it down I will totally remember this in the morning right and I and I didn't dang and it's been bugging I know it's been bugging me I was like what was it it was seriously like I was like I was like dumbstruck how smart this question was. I was not high. I'm maybe on melatonin, but I was not <laughs> but <laughs> that reminds me of that, that thing that happened to me when my mom and I got Yes, yeah. I was like, up. oh my gosh. I can't this is I can't gonna be such I can't say when that happens because it's like it's just like there at the tip of your brain and you're like, what was it? But then when you finally yeah. remember it, it's gonna be like, wow, that was a really stupid idea. You're gonna be like, that was half sleep uh, that was a half sleep idea. Yeah, that was like uh <laughs> melatonin yeah, induced. <laughs> thought but i was like oh my gosh and like for the life of me i can't think of what it was you had an epiphany it was i know gone and it was like i don't even remember what it was probably to solve like cancer or world hunger i yeah that's exactly it was like something super intelligent like that like something like why haven't we thought of this before do you know 
do you can I, I know you have one more thing to tell me but can i tell you something that i thought of super intelligently last night yes what if what if we are just all these tiny little atoms living in this tiny little world that's just in a drop of water inside of a bigger world i'm being 100 percent serious right now like we're in like another multiverse kind of like the lorax no like in ant-man here where they go to the like in ant-man where they go to the quantum realm i've been looking into Uh, like multiverse theories lately and i've been like really freaked out by it and it's really crazy how stuff I maybe we'll do an episode on it. I don't know. It's, it's some like pretty Horton crazy Hill, here's stuff. Here's a who. I don't know. I've never seen Horton here's a who to be honest. <laughs> what? It's like this entire world. Sorry, I just hit my mic. It's like this entire world that's living uh like um uh Dr. Seuss people that are living on this one little flower. Oh yeah, essentially that. Yeah. Yeah. Like where these tiny little organisms just inside this drop of water, like on someone else's universe, and then one day we'll just dry up. And that's what global warming is. Boom. It's the water Figured droplet drying up. Dang. Woo. Mind blown. Um. <laughs> anyway, what was your second thing? Okay, so my second thing, I had a really good question for you. Last, oh, uh, the night before last, I was like, that's my question for Brie this week. And I forgot it. Like just now forgot it? No, this was, uh, so it was the night before last I was trying to go to sleep. And I was thinking, like, I've been thinking of like really, like, I guess I've just been really in my brain lately. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, this is a really good question to ask Brie. Like, this is a good podcast question. And I was like, I'm going to write it down. No, it's such a good question. You don't need to. And I forgot it. But I have another question for you instead. It's not as good, but it's fine. Okay. If animals could talk, which one would be the nicest? And then which one would be the meanest? Dogs, cats. Wow. Dogs would be the nicest. Cats would be the meanest. Cats (laughs) secretly want to kill. Like, I like cats. But I feel like they, I feel like I have a scar right here from Robin still that shows up every now and then. Yeah. And when yeah. she tried to kill me in my sleep, I, I, I rolled on her. <laughs> I also <laughs> tried, tried to heck. kill her too. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, dogs. Yes, I agree on that one. Super loyal dogs. Um, or the dogs are super loyal. Um, and I also like try to think of like, what about like cows or sheep? But I also think that they don't care enough to be like nice or mean to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I thought about the meanest one and it was between the, um, the honey bad, not the honey badger, the a wolverine or cats but i think that like you would expect a wolverine to be super mean so like it really doesn't bother you as much like it wouldn't hurt your feelings yeah and cats like live with you yeah i think like the cats like if they could talk like they'd be super condescending like oh you love that you love that and you don't know if they're like being sincere or if they actually are being mean to you but you don't know it (laughs) you know you you love this nice face oh how sweet yeah (laughs) and like i think that would hurt more than if you if you like owned a a a wolverine you would know that they're being really mean also if you own a wolverine we want to see some pics Because Also, really cool. how are you still alive? And where is Hugh Jackman? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, I don't know. Okay, those are my two questions. That was my question for you. Right. Um, you're going first this week? Yes. Okay. So, I have a neighborhood story for you. All right. It's from Nextdoor, and it says, I hate every single one of you. <laughs> That's it. 
<laughs> also, a cat probably wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> also, same. <laughs> I, I would have a sign that said that ditto. <laughs> ditto. <laughs> and have his Just comment. Their yard. <laughs> no, it was on next door. But like, you could comment on it and be like, "Well, I hate you," or you know, <laughs> same. <laughs> okay. Okay. Congrats. All right. Okay. What are you going to tell me this week? All right. So, um, sorry, that was loud. All right. Um, so with my trip coming up here in, well, it'll be late September, um, for my brother and new sister-in-law's wedding, Matt and Jen. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um, Celebration. Yeah. I wanted to do a story from my favorite place in the world, Charleston. Also a really haunted place. I love Charleston. Have you been to Charleston? No. Oh my gosh, we should go there one day. We'll go there. It's really cool. And all of the other places we need to go. Yeah, but Charleston first. And Disney. Okay. 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 So, oh, and your your area, your stomping grounds too, Cali. All right. So there's nothing here. Except for the things that we've covered. There's a lot of things there. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about the battery in Charleston, or it's called the White Point Garden. I've always called it the battery, um, but I guess I didn't even realize it was called the White Point Garden at one point. So everybody just calls it the battery. Batter, like B-A-T-T-E-R-Y? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so let's go back to 1670. When passengers <gasps> aboard the Carolina sailed into what is now the Charleston Harbor or Charleston. You just like brought me there. I'm there. You're Everything there. The is brown and white. Blowing yeah. in your face, and there's palm trees and ocean and dirty. And I'm All wearing right. a lot of heavy clothing. A lot of heavy clothing. You're so hot. <laughs> it's so humid. <laughs> All right, so not long after it was founded in the 18th century, Charlestown was the fourth largest port in America, making it the perfect place for trade. All right, this is, I'm going to give you a lot of history. I love history on Charleston. In 1718, the famous Edward Teach, or Blackbeard, blockaded Charlestown Harbor and took over the entire city. He commandeered a ship at the port, which was filled with many individuals that he held hostage in exchange for medical supplies. They were all all pirates were sick. You said that this was a story about the battery. It sounds like this is a story about (laughs) uh, Jack Sparrow. (laughs) Um, Is Jack Sparrow with us now? (laughs) Johnny Depp? (laughs) Jack Sparrow. No, just Blackbeard. Okay, so he held a bunch of people captive on a ship, and in exchange, he wanted medical supplies, and he said that he wouldn't kill anyone. But if he didn't get it, he said he would kill them all. So the governor So they're dying regardless. No, they they would die if he didn't get what he wanted. So the governor delivered, and Blackbeard stayed true to his word. He didn't hurt anyone, but he did end up taking all of their valuables and money and, believe it or not, clothes. Well, he was um, a pirate. He's like, I'm going to strip these bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, the governor in Charlestown was seeking help for piracy issues. And no mm-hmm. one was able to help him until a local merchant, William Rett, got a group of uh, a group of people together who were like, all for it. Let's get the pirates out here. So they were like being like civil citizens or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so to another point. Uh, oh, okay. let's talk about another matey named Steed Bonnet. We'll get back to the other guy in a minute. Okay. He was a wealthy higher class, or he was born into like a wealthy higher class family that in the Barbados. Um, and I guess he had like a pirate passion to be a pirate, you know, every little kid's dream. Yeah. <laughs> he has I got mean... like all these things and he wants to be a pirate. <laughs> On his vision board, it's just yep. a pirate. Pirate. Jack Sparrow. <laughs> but also like he just he just likes the way it looks. Looks cool. It's I really like the outfits. The uniforms are actually very uh comfortable. It's just and... a way of life. It's not a phase bomb. 
I, <laughs> but but for real though, because pirates are like normal. It's like joining a gang, right? Like yeah, back then, like it's not you're not doing it because it's cool. You're doing it because it you don't have any other way to yeah, exactly. live. It's like stealing and and doing those type of things. So exactly, really you just, just like, stick with it. He he really just like he was like yeah <laughs> I'm over. setting the bar really low for myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the lowest of lowest things I can go for in life? Pirate. Mom said cool. <laughs> shoot for the stars. I'm <laughs> shooting for the deep blue sea. <laughs> hey. Give me some uh emo what not emodium that gives you diarrhea that stops diarrhea. That's the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the other stuff the mouth Demodri- the Demodri- De- Dem- Dem- uh, <laughs> oh my De- god what Dem- is it called demadrine demadrine no dem dem demamine demamine demamamine starts with the d and ends with the e so all right yeah there we go uh i should know what it means or i should know what it is all right. Anyway, so uh, Steed Bonnet, pretty rich, wanted to be a pirate, and uh, he didn't really go about it the normal pirate way. Instead of stealing a ship, he bought one, and he ended up hiring crew members who he paid. And to add to it, he forced someone okay. else to make all the calls of the crew. So, like, he was just kind of, like, behind. The owner? Yeah. Yeah. He he just, you know, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's the he owner. He was the owner of the ship. I guess but if he you made... think about it, it's kind of really smart, but it's just a really risky business to be in. <laughs> it's like the owner. Oh my god, was that like the mafia then? Or like no, man, that's pretty high up. Anyway, we're maybe he wasn't so dumb after all. He's doing <laughs> the smartest way to be a pirate, and I I aspire that. I, yeah, he doesn't I, want his hands dirty. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So eventually he ran into Blackbeard in the Bahamas. I guess they knew each other. And I just thought that was an interesting fact. I don't think he has anything to do with this next part. But eventually okay. William William Rett, the guy who was like, hey, let's kill all the pirates. And his crew, who were looking for pirates and trying to stop all these pirates, found Steed Bonnet. Oh, the boy. Famous guy or the pirate in Cape Fear River. Bonnet stood his ground, combining him, his, and his other, and other crews against these three pirate ships that this anti-pirate guy brought. And I guess they ended up getting caught in, like, a low tide, and so their ships were all stopped. And so oh, no. the the uh, civil ret guy was able to aboard, or to board onto Bonnet's ship and uh, stop him. So well, it wasn't stopping. They were already stopped. He, they were already stopped. But he, he uh, <laughs> where am I at? So Bonnet wanted to blow up the entire ship. Didn't okay. it would kill everyone? And his crew members were like, "Nah, man, we're not about that." So they ended up surrendering. So they okay. took him back to Charleston. Okay. So all the pirates were imprisoned there in Charleston and Bonnet was ended up being separated and I think it was because of his status they said like like his status like because he was born from a wealthier family I'm not 100% sure on that um and interestingly enough he attempted to escape by being um a master of disguise and he dressed in a woman's dress um he didn't get very far though So like, hmm, your stature's not <laughs> yeah. as great as other no. women. Also, you're not you can't really breathe in that corset. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not closed in the back. That's weird. It's not closed uh, in the back. <laughs> so they were all tried in court and found guilty. So they were tri- they were put to hang in White Point Garden, which is where that okay. comes from. Including mm-hmm. Bonnet, eventually. I guess he, like, pushed back his hanging, like, over and over and over until, like, they were like, okay, buddy, you... this has gone far enough. Because he I was higher push... up. He was from a wealthy family, probably. He's like, mm, I don't know. I have <laughs> Mommy plans and Daddy that no. day. <laughs> I don't know. My tum-tum hurts. I wasn't really in charge. <laughs> I was just behind the scenes. I was behind the scenes. Where's so my it's... mom? <laughs> Mommy. 
It said that their bodies were left swinging in the breeze. I'd imagine <gasps> for a few days from what they made it sound like because it got so far that their faces bloated because of all the heat and their skin started to decay. Um, they Bree. were taken down and then thrown into the marsh, which was later filled with like land for homes to be built on top of. There were 29 of them that were hanged there. Then uh, sometime after like Richard Worley's crew, I believe another pirate made 19 more that were hanged there and same thing Jeez. put in the marsh. Uh, and then to add to the hanging, um, when Charleston was unfortunately and regrettably involved in slavery, uh, many slaves were also hanged here. Oh my gosh. You know, this place was just like a death trap. Terrible. So in September of 1752, two hurricanes swept through cracking the seal or the sea walls and raising the oh, water geez. levels, taking the lives of many of the population and their crops. Not the crops. Um, Not the crops. So hurricanes were terrible. Um, the seawall was rebuilt with palmetto logs, but were again taken out in 1804 by another, you guessed it, hurricane until they put Stonewall in. Did you know that there's a hurricane that's going to hit California? Really? I know. When? Yeah, like in L.A. area. I don't know. Right now it's a tropical storm, but they're estimating it to be uh, a hurricane by the time it hits land. And it's called Hurricane Hillary. <laughs> wow. Interesting. It's kind yeah. of funny. Uh, that's not funny at all. That's terrible. No. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So it was rebuilt in 1804 by... At and take rebuilt with brick yeah they rebuilt it with stone eventually cannons were stationed around the white point defending against attackers during all the wars that they'd had um like the revolutionary war the civil war this was a place where war was pretty common during the civil war just across fort sumter stood where the first shots were fired mm -hmm. in the civil war uh, okay. Homes and properties were destroyed by gun and cannon fire. And if so, I'm talking about all this because like, so the park, the battery is like, it's like the edge of Charleston and then ocean. And then right on the other side of it is like all these houses, beautiful houses. So it's like the divider between. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's like a huge park between houses and the city and then ocean. Are you okay? I'm just waiting for my husband to stop making noises. <laughs> it's okay. It's not really that loud. Keep slamming the door. Oh. Okay, go ahead. I probably was talking. I probably didn't hear. Um, and also to better to protect the city, uh, columbades, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, which are like uh -huh. the largest, they were the largest cannons at the time, were placed throughout the city and city limits and along the outer banks of White Point. Um, jumping some years into the future, in 1906, a bandstand was built in the middle of the garden, which is like a big pavilion. It's really pretty. Um, yeah. Where live music entertainment went on until some Karen complained about it and so performances were outlawed um, what? throughout its history it's been covered with shacks uh, used as a defense and as a place of entertainment and execution like the whole park not just the pavilion so um, <laughs> I was gonna say, oh my I'm just wrapping that part up so okay. let's get into the paranormal there's not a whole lot on the paranormal because it's just probably very similar things that are constantly seen. So an Alan okay. Brown mentions that the spirits have been witnessed standing under the oak trees and screaming at passerbyers. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> 
just picture like an old man screaming at someone for walking on his lawn. Get off my property! Yeah. Get off my grave! Get off my grave! Oh, That's messed up. <laughs> Visitors have seen faces peering back at them from within the trees. Several Ugh. reports of manifestations of an apparition hanging from the old oak trees have surfaced. Um, uh, and when standing near Water Street, glancing down at the bay, some claim to have seen faces of executed pirated <gasps> or pirates staring back at them from the water. Um, also, people have heard sounds of screams and orbs have been seen. And that is it. As of today, White Point Garden or the Battery is a historic landmark still displaying many cannons, statues, and monuments erected in honor of the city, city's history and military relics. It uh -huh. is a great park for relaxing, to walk through, or even having private gatherings. And for some, it's great to go on a Sunday and feed the pigeons because that's what we used to do. You can literally just stand there with like handfuls of bird. We used to like load up the van with bird food after going to church. And yeah. we, my dad would give us like handfuls of bird food and we just stand out there and like let them eat from our hands. But and then they poop I all over us. love that so much. It's so, so cool. Cute. I really wish you could go there. I can't wait to go there. We will definitely be going to walk around Charleston stuff. You'll have to send me pictures. Speakiness. Oh, yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> That's so cool. That was a good one, Brie. I really loved that. I figured you'd like the pirates. One. I wasn't going to include them, and I was like, she loves pirates. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell her about the pirates. This like, makes a whole story. It's so cool. But I mean, like, that kind of was essential to include them because there was like Lots 49 of pirates that were killed there. Holy cow. Yeah, a lot of them. Wow. All right. Let's hear a story that is about a crime. So I lot for um I think it was my birthday, or maybe it was Christmas, because I'm really bad at remembering. Um, Brie got me this really cool crime daily calendar. And I put it Christmas. I think it was Christmas. Yeah, yeah because it was before the new year started. Yeah, and I put it, it was on my desk at my old job, and my new job, I started on Monday, and so I got to break it out, because it was Yay. in my, like, work bucket, and so I was going through all of the old, like, ones from the, like, the last month and a half, and that I haven't been able to look at, and so this one is from my calendar. Yay! Yay! Okay, so this is about John Christie. So John was born in Halifax, Yorkshire. So we're across the pond. Across the pond. On April 8th, <laughs> uh, 1898. Um, he was the fifth of seven kids. His dad worked as a carpenter and his mother was an actress. Oh. John was known to have a rough relationship with his father. His father ran a strict household and showed no love towards his kids, but oh. also is like that time, you know, um, when, month. yeah, when, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, when he wasn't busy working at his job, he ran an organization called the Primrose League, um, which it was an organization that spread uh, conservative morals to society. Some of its goals were to uphold and support God, the queen, and the country. Oh, the queen. Long live liberty. <laughs> um, the spread or and it's and spread its goals of purity among the working classes. I don't know what that means. Um, so this took up a lot of his dad's time. John said like his old yeah. John said his older siblings would bully him daily. He was also a loner and didn't have any friends at school. Um, not a lot was known about his mom besides the fact that she was an actress, um, besides the fact that she was overprotective of her kids and would baby them too much, which also sounds like she was just trying to like counteract the his, like, yeah, dad it. not being, yeah, yeah, being there for them. 
So at eight years old, John went with his family to attend his grandfather's funeral. And John later said that that had a profound effect on him. Um, the funeral was an open casket and that allowed John's mind to go into like this deep, dark hole. He saw his grandfather there just laying there dead. Um, it was just his body. And that he was, was like traumatizing. No, he was like, whoa, what happens after death? You know, where did he go? Dad says he goes to heaven, but like, what is death like? John just remembers when he was older, every little detail of what his grandfather looked like while he was in the casket. So he doesn't like remember having memories of his grandfather. He just remembers every little detail, like his eyelashes while they were like glued shut and like, you know, just like every detail of him being in the casket. Yeah. So, okay. like I said, John was Did they glue the eyes shut? Yeah, dog. Oh. It actually causes, it takes more muscles for you to close your eyes than for your eyes to be open. That's why a lot of times when someone dies, their eyes open. So we're using our muscles while we sleep? Mm -hmm. It's just like natural though. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I'm working out. (laughs) I'm working my (laughs) muscles. Sorry, I can't, I can't hang out. I'm working my eyelid muscles. I'm working out. I'm going to start saying that and be like, hey, <laughs> uh, what are you doing? Oh, sorry to answer. I was working my eyelid muscles. <laughs> I held that one for like six hours. <laughs> <laughs> you can hold a plank for like a minute. I can hold my wow. eyelid shut for like <laughs> eight hours. <laughs> um so like i said john was a pretty unpopular kid in school he didn't have many kids or he didn't have many friends normal kids after school would like go to kick the can or go play on the playground or play kick the can (laughs) hoop hoop and stick (laughs) um or you know go biking but john liked roaming around the nearby cemeteries um, uh, also same <laughs> yeah i, I mean uh, I, I was about to say i can't really judge him on that one. yeah um at 15 years old john left school to go work as a movie project projectionist one night he met a girl at his work she was a little bit older than him um but she was like hey do you want to uh come hang out with me after work and he's like yeah, because age is just a number, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went and hung out, but John failed to perform uh, while they were hanging out. So as the classy lady that she does, and, you know, I don't kiss and tell. No, she went around to everyone and she's like, this guy can't perform. And that left him with the nickname Reggie No Dick. (gasps) That's Um, so mean. You know that. So his nick his nickname was Reggie because that was his middle name. And during that time he was going by his middle name of Reggie. Okay. So ask where Reggie come from. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so they're making fun of John. Obviously, that upset him. At 17 years old, John was caught stealing from work. So he was fired and his parents kicked him out of the house. Luckily for him, that was very short-lived after getting kicked out because John was summoned to serve in the army. And he he was sent to France in the height of World War I. Oh, Okay. Um, so he was there for about a year, and in 1919, he was medically discharged for an eye and throat injury from a mustard gas attack, um, and he got a small disability pension for it monthly. What? I thought you were going to say something about a mustard bottle. <laughs> like, are you freaking <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I got uh, medically discharged. Oh, my God. Get the Purple Heart. Bottle of mustard squeezed all over me on accident. <laughs> um, okay, so that makes way more sense. 
Um, John moved back to uh, Halifax and Halifax, and he got a job at the local post office. Um, there he started dating a girl. He actually ended up like he grew up with her. They they knew each other growing up. Her name was Ethel. So they started dating and they got married in May of 1920 when they were both 22 years old. At that time, that's kind of late to get married, don't you think? Yeah, I know. It's always like 17, 18, get hitched, go in the army. But he was, yeah, he went in the army, so that might have been it. And he was also kind of a loner, so. Yeah. but So they got married. Anyway. So the marriage didn't last long because John was caught stealing mail from the post office and he was sent to jail. This was the start of his petty crime spree. Okay. So when he got out, Ethel was like, I'm going to go visit my family for the weekend. They were still together at this time when he got out. She's like, I'm going to go visit my family for the weekend. And she did this often. So one weekend she went away to see family. um, And John didn't seem to mind this because when Ethel was away, John got to play. He see he fancied the local sex workers so he would go out and bring one of the ladies home for some sweet loving um yeah but one night he did just that um but when he showed up to the house with the woman ethel was there uh, because she came home early from visiting family i thought you were gonna Um, be home late Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> she sees the other woman and was like, hold my earrings. Not to fight the woman, but to fight John. But it was mostly just like for paper fighting. Like she's like, I'm leaving you. Um, so John moved to London uh, and she kept the house. Uh, he was in jail three more times. The first two times were for theft. And the last one for was was for battery to a sex worker. Okay. Um, not cool. Not cool. So nine years go by. Yeah, right. Um, also don't beat people up. Um, yeah. Nine years go by. Um, he's just sitting in jail. He was feeling sad. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to write Ethel. So he wrote Ethel begging for her forgiveness and to take him back once he's out. And Ethel got the letter and she's like reading it and she's like, "Mm, I do miss him. So she's like, okay, I'll take him back. Um, At the time she was working as a typist, she gave up her job, moved to the then West London area of Notting Hill. And during that time, it was full of like rats and it was like the slums of London um, no one wanted to live there and now it's like super upscale and fancy, but it's changed. Wish I, I know I probably like if I would lived in London, I'd be like, man, I wish I bought property back then when it was like $10 a <laughs> house. It's worth like millions. You missed now. out, man. I know. You missed out. Born and raised in the wrong era. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know why that was like my first thought when I was like, man, I bet it was like those people really got like their money's worth for buying. Anyways. So in 1938, after John got out, the couple moved to the ground floor of 10 Rillington place, which was one of the, th- which was one of the three apartments in a rundown house that was like split into apartments. All three apartments shared a backyard and one bathroom that's weird that's really weird that sounds like dorms more like yeah yeah. like a hostel so yeah so in 1939 john was told to serve in world war ii again um this time as a special constable in the war reserve police oh so he's like i'm a police officer look at me probably get a good paycheck Um, for it or decent? Mm, I don't know. Probably. I don't know. So this gave John full powers of a policeman. Oh. So, oh, no. 
that the uniform made him feel powerful. In 1943, the couple were still living in that flat together. Ethel was like, I know things have changed, but one thing for certain has not. I still go and visit my family almost every weekend. Um, so she went away for the weekend. And once again, John was feeling lonely and wanted some company for the night. Um, so he put on his military police officer u uniform and goes to where the local sex workers are at and picks up a 17-year-old worker, brings her back to his place. He tried to give her something to drink, and when she wasn't looking, he took a rope and strangled her to death. <gasps> oh, no. Um, once he knew she was dead, he tried to first hide her body in the floorboards, but it wasn't working. So he uh, waited for everyone to go to sleep that was in the unit because, like, it's loud and uh, probably a small area. So he waits yeah. for everyone in the area or in the unit to go to sleep. And then he drug her body outside, um, tried to hide her body behind the bushes. And, like, he just left her body behind the bushes and then went and dug a hole in the garden, which is, like, why didn't you just dig the hole and then drag her body? Okay. Yeah. Um. So he, and then he buries her in the hole. So soon after that, John found work in a factory as a clerk. I don't know if he like stopped working in the World War II. I don't know what happened to that. So don't ask me. Okay. <laughs> um. Also, don't uh, like I it's not we sound like a history podcast. We're not. <laughs> So, um, or maybe he's like doing it while he's working as world in World War II. Like maybe he's just like a police officer for their area. Maybe working for the army. I don't. I don't know. Um. So he met another woman. He thought she was very attractive at this factory. Um. He loved flirting with her. She loved flirting with him. They hit it off. He invited her over during one of the weekends. Ethel was gone. Um, and again, Ethel, why are you visiting your family so damn much? Yeah, why? Well, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, but like, why aren't you bringing your husband? Why don't you bring your husband? That's what I'm saying. Why aren't why aren't you oh, bringing yeah. your husband? Like, I don't want to say it's her fault, but like, yeah, I'm like, not victim inclusion. blaming for sure. Include include him on this, and maybe then that's be what he no needed. Cheating. Yeah. Some love, some family. This is not us like... victim blaming. We're totally victim blaming <laughs> right now. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we suck. We mostly Sorry. are just anyway. making fun of him. Okay. Fine. So uh, once the woman was inside the house. Sorry. Good. Yeah, I, I thought once... I heard something upstairs, but I think it was uh -oh. the dog. Once the that lady that he met at the factory was inside his house, he got her something to drink. When she was like trying to chill and enjoy herself and like be cute, um, she was tricked into into inhaling coal gas fumes. Which I don't know how you can be tricked into that. I also don't know what coal gas fumes are. I have no idea either. Maybe he had. Oh, you know what? I I bet it was just like he had something in a bottle, like liquid in a bottle, and then the fumes from it were in the bottle, and then like I don't know, that's what I would. Think. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay, that I like that idea because I was it's thinking something wrong. like, no, it makes more sense than what I thought. I was thinking like he was lighting a fire with coal and like blowing like a handheld fan. And like fanning her. <laughs> <laughs> so yours makes a whole lot more sense. So uh, she became uh, she became unconscious from this. While she was passed out, John rapes her, then grabs a stocking and strangles her. Ew. John later confessed, "I gazed down at her body and felt a quiet, peaceful thrill." I have no regrets. Ew. He then buried her alongside her first victim, his first victim. 
1948, a truck driver named Timothy Evans and his wife, Beryl, and their baby, Geraldine, moved into the flat above John and Ethel's place. What? Those are the worst names ever. I'm just saying. Beryl. Beryl. And Geraldine. Geraldine. Just imagine. But I guess, like, there's Jerry. Jerry's a cute, like, nickname. Yeah. Geraldine. Yeah. So they they hit it off with John and Ethel. Um, mostly it was with John, probably because Ethel is like never freaking home. But so- <laughs> oh, she you knows she's I'm- at her mom's again. <laughs> I'm just salty about it. Maybe maybe she was having an affair. She's That's like, I can't I was just stand about this to say. man. <laughs> so soon, Beryl found herself pregnant again. And she was like, John, I can't afford this baby. We can't have another baby. So John was like, I can fix that. So uh, he helped her. He said that he could help her have an abortion. And sadly, she died the same day (gasps) of him attempting this abortion. Um, it was unclear how she died. An autopsy was never done or performed. Uh, many believe it was because of the practice John performed on her. Some believe John killed her intentionally. And some believe John didn't have anything to do with her abortion. But it's unclear. Oh my gosh. So Beryl's husband went to the police station. He's like, I have to confess something. And they're like, Okay. And he's like, I had, I have killed my wife and stuffed her body parts down the drain. Now, this is Timothy Beryl's husband. Yeah. Uh, so the, the police were like, okay. So they go to the house, but they couldn't find her body anywhere in the house or even uncover the bodies in the backyard in the garden. Um, several, Visits to the house, police were finally able to find Beryl's body stuffed in their bathroom or in the bathroom, the one bathroom that everyone's sharing. Oh my gosh. I don't know where they found her, her body in the bathroom, but so the next to her was their 14th month old baby that was deceased. So <gasps> it was her and the baby. Oh no. I know. Baby. Um, Please go to the jail and talk to Timothy. And they're like, we found the bodies. And Timothy's like, what do you mean bodies? And they're like, yeah, the baby's dead too. And Timothy was like shocked and speechless and emotional. Um, After some time for him to process, Timothy's story started to change. He told them that John told him that the abortion had gone wrong and that their baby was going to be adopted. Which I don't know why John what? gets to dictate what happens yeah. to their what? unborn child, but <laughs> um, what what how is that going wrong? Oh, I see, I see. Because yeah. yeah, okay. So, because uh, sounds like she might have not made it, or I'm not sure. So okay. at the time of that conversation, like I said, he was shocked about the baby. He had no idea that the baby was dead. So it was said that Timothy had an extremely low IQ and it was believed that John knew and took advantage of him. At this time, Timothy's confession was not helpful. They're like, you're not being, you're just a mess right now. Um, So, uh, but they did try him through the process or try him for the two murders uh, because they technically had a confession. He did confess. Um, So they tried him through the the court system and he was convicted and sentenced for murder uh, for his wife and and baby. Um, And he was hanged on March 9th, 1950 for the crime that he did not do. Oh my gosh. Dude. Um, but also, what the like, what's wrong with you? I 
think that like I would be so depressed I wouldn't care if it happened yeah. to me or not yeah you lost your child and your wife and your unborn yeah. child all in the same day like that's awful yeah that's so sad so very sad especially if you had a low IQ like you don't know what else to do with your and life who you, you know? depended on and who yeah yeah so this is when Ethel really noticed a change in John's behavior. He would complain about headaches and seem to suffer from memory loss. After this, the relationship seemed to be on the rocks as if it wasn't before. Um, John seemed to be happy with Ethel and her trips to see family became more frequent. So he, oh, sorry. He was oh, never seen. <laughs> she just uh, lived he, there. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. John never seemed to be happy with Ethel and she oh, okay. stayed like her trips seemed to work. Okay. So on December 14th, 1942, while Ethel was asleep, John strangled and killed her. He then buried her in their floorboards of their flat. Oh my gosh. So, her family's going to notice. <laughs> people like, oh would ask where's Ethel. <laughs> she hasn't been by in four days. <laughs> uh, People would ask John, hey, man, I haven't seen your wife in a while. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, she moved back north to live with the family. You know, you know how much she loves it there. <laughs> and people wouldn't question it because they're like, she sure did love right. visiting. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did, would Ethel like to see her family every weekend, but she would also write them letters. Um so after he killed his wife, he was like, oh, snap, I got to keep that up that appearance or they're going to suspect something. So uh, he wrote a letter to her family explaining he had to write her letters from now on because she suddenly had arthritis and could not do it herself. And uh, she would also be staying at home for a while to heal from her arthritis. Um. So John you know, seems colds were more extreme then. So that's clearly true. arthritis true. was. Uh, John didn't have a job and he needed money. So he went back to his wife's body under the floorboards and takes her wedding ring, her watch, and pawns it. He also forged her signature to empty out all of her saving accounts. Um, she didn't have much, but it was some money. He also sold all the pieces of furniture he had in his flat. He's like, wow, I have this whole flat to myself, cash and no wife, so much more room for activities. No furniture. <laughs> no furniture. <laughs> I can do a um, cartwheel. <laughs> look what I can do. He would go out, bring them back to, oh, sorry, I just missed a sentence. So he did what he liked to do most. He went out that night to bring a sex worker home and then killed them. Uh, he would go out, so bring them back. Bad. Yeah, he would go out, bring them back to his place, try to make them feel comfortable um, with all of his furniture. He would yeah. gas them with <laughs> he would gas them with coal gas until they passed out, strangle them and then rape their bodies. And they would then he would either stuff their bodies under the floorboards or in this little like alcove. I don't know what that really is in the kitchen, but I did look it up. It seems to be like a little space in the kitchen, which I guess is like a small pantry or like, like a, a cooler yeah. like a or you know, a cooler spot for the kitchen. Okay. So he did this three separate times to three different women. Um, in March of 1953, John moved out of his flat and went on the run. He lived around West London, mainly sleeping on the streets. His old flat was up for rent, and it didn't take long for the new renters to smell that something was off. Oh, I bet. Um, the new renters assumed it was like a dead rat in the walls, so they started pulling some drywall and floorboards back, and they found a woman's leg sticking out of the wall in the kitchen in the alcove. That's not normal. No, uh, that's also not a dead rat. So please come out and find all their bodies in all the bodies in the floors, the walls, and in the garden. Oh, they good. also found a tobacco tin with four sets of pubic hair, which they assumed were like his trophies. Um, so the police, 
So the police put out an alert for John Christ, uh, Christie. Because John was living on the streets, a police officer just, like, patrolling the area. He was just, like, walking along with his little, like, beating stick, stick like, twirling it. He was, like, hoo, 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 whistling. <laughs> um, I don't know how to whistle. <laughs> um, I'm not very good at it either. Yeah. Um, so th- th- he recognized him pretty fast. So, uh, John was placed under arrest and was brought in for, or brought in for interrogation. He referred to the murders as those regrettable happenings. Oh, so, okay. Um, that uh, you got pubic hair from. Yeah. So he also claimed that they were all accidental. He claimed that they were all during the victim. Uh, that he claimed they all were they were all during the victim's struggles if they didn't struggle it wouldn't have happened oh so i don't know what that means you like because they like didn't want to get raped yeah or like drugged with fuel Uh, it's fuel by the way coal oh thank you it's fuel. It's like, so he must have had it in like a cup and just made them smell it. Maybe yeah. that's when he got them the drink and it was actually in a cup. Maybe that's what it means. Uh, and maybe it was the fuel and maybe he was like, sorry, I just yeah, gave everybody my sense. nostrils. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, he also denied having any sexual relations with them. Any of them? I did not have sexual relationships with my secretary. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get those downloads from LimeWire? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he eventually confessed to one murder, but he pled insanity. And he gave little quotes of what happened in his biography because he was like a super narcissist. Because, you know, why not write an autobiography about yourself and your amazing life you had? Yeah. Um. He said, for me, a corpse has a beauty and dignity, which is living, which a living body could not uh, never hold, could never hold. And to in, in regards to his wife, he said, I removed the one obstacle that for 10 years had apparently held me in check. After she had gone, the way was clear for me to fulfill my destiny. So his trial started on June 22nd, 1953, and it only took three days for the verdict to come in. He was found guilty of three of the four murders. He was sentenced to death. While waiting for his execution, there were talks of Timothy's case and the injustice for it because, like, the guy was hanged for yeah. something he didn't do. Yeah. Um. Because government officials refuse to take responsibilities for their errors, they're like, nah, dog, he did what he did. He got what he deserved, and he was a bad guy. That's He's so like, no, up. Timothy was an innocent man and was killed, and you could have pardoned him. But yeah. many, re- many members of the Perry Limit and the Howard League for Penal Reform wanted an answer for from John about Timothy's case. They were hoping to prove John was the actual murderer of Timothy's wife and child. But unfortunately, John was hanged on July 15th, 1953. So they never were able to get an answer from John, but that didn't stop the public uh, pushing for awareness for the possible miscarriage of Timothy's case. Mr. Justice Barbin ruled it's it is more probable that Timothy did not kill Beryl and it is more probably that not that Timothy did not kill his baby. Um, This was enough for Timothy to finally get a pardon. Uh, His body was exhumed from the prison from an unmarked grave and moved to a newer a new location closer to his wives. Uh, The flat. The flat John and his wife lived in was flattened in 1978 and a new residential was built on top of the burial grounds. Um, And from the photos I looked at, it actually looks like there's like a garden right where the bodies were built in the original garden. 
And that is the story of John Christie. That was really good. I'm glad that he ended up getting like they made it right kind of for Timothy. Timothy. That was really sad. Wait, so he he was he tried for the baby too? Because you said four. No, John. No, he was never tried for. So he okay, he was not officially because you said something of four. Three of the four. Three of the four murders, correct. So, because he killed four women, no, three, he killed way more than four, actually. Three prostitutes and then his wife? There was three prostitutes and then there was a prostitute before his wife. There are two, he killed one, the 17-year-old, then he killed another one after the 17-year-old, the girl that he met at the factory, then he met killed his wife so that's three and then the three prostitutes after so that's six and then the wife the baby and you know what i'm gonna count the miscarried baby because yeah the baby was alive um that's really messed up and really sad but um, it was a serial killer yeah yeah dang that's crazy yeah that was a good one i i really liked it when I'm surprised that uh, there wasn't the calendar. It only had two days worth of it. And sometimes like on those type of ones, it's longer, but yeah. Oh, so you like read one day and then the next day it has like a follow-up or like a yeah. continuance or whatever. Some uh, on bigger stories. Yeah. It will have that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, do you have a neighborhood story for me? Yes. Hang on. Okay. All right. Uh, this is, are you good? Sorry. This is I from the spacing. next door. Oh, <laughs> Charlotte does that. <laughs> um, this is from the next door app, and it says, "Meanwhile in Virginia," and the post says, "Does anyone know if microwaves kill the virus? Think how many people have handled your mail. Should I microwave it? No. Oh my God! Please don't. You should not microwave your mail because it's gonna catch on fire. Or do because you're just an idiot. Don't do it that. Sounds you're like dumb. Need- that's really dumb idiot this is not an (laughs) autoclave people are dumbs oh man that was funny thank you you're welcome sorry um Um, so people don't apologize um so follow us on all of our socials and stuff and send in your um creepy kid creepy stories um, you can send that to wwtnpodcast at gmail dot com. And, and everything, checked- sorry, everything that you want to follow or check out that we talk about, like merch, following us, um, buy us a coffee, all that stuff. It's all below the description of the episode. We're putting that in now, so yes. all those links are in there now. Um, and also, we have a Amazon wish list if you ever wanted to like buy us some new mics or like. <laughs> I don't know. Our mics are like <laughs> one of the best ones you they can are. Get. No, I'm just saying just like as an extra because I'm terrified that these are going to break. I know. Me too. <laughs> because one did break like a month or two ago. But luckily we had yeah, a backup. That's true. <laughs> so, that's true. Um, if anybody ever wants to buy us any mics, um, they're all on the list. And there's other stuff on the list too. But yeah. Oh my God. Stop bothering me. Leave me alone. Sorry. Neighbors. I miss you, neighbor. Uh, Speaking of, have you checked in on the neighbors? I really don't want to. What's with the neighbors? <laughs> Bring <laughs> Bring me me out. Out. What's with the neighbors? Say hi to your cats for us. <gasps> Perfect time. Oh, good boy. Oh, I love you. <laughs>